Our first reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, the third chapter. Peter addressed the people. You Israelites, why do you now wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety, we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and rejected in the presence of Pilate, though he had decided to release him. But you rejected the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murderer given to you, and you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And by faith in his name, his name itself has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given him this perfect health in the presence of all of you. And now, friends, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. In this way, God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, that his Messiah would suffer. Repent, therefore, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. People of God, let us read together responsively, whole verse by whole verse from Psalm 4. Answer me when I call, O God, defender of my cause. You set me free when I was in distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. You mortals... How long will you dishonor my glory? How long will you love illusions and seek after lies? Know that the Lord does wonders for the faithful. The Lord will hear me when I call. Tremble then and do not sin. Speak to your heart in silence upon your bed. Offer the appointed sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. Many are saying, who will show us any good? Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. You have put gladness in my heart, more than when grain and wine abound. In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me rest secure. Our second reading this morning comes from the letter of 1 John, the third chapter. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this, when he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed to take away sin, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Everyone who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
The whole gospel this morning, according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus himself stood among the disciples and said to them, Peace be with you. They were all startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. Jesus said to them, Why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering. He said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then Jesus said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. People of God, will you join me this morning for a word of prayer? Loving God, help us to see what love that you have given us that we should be called your children. Help us to know that this is true and that we are now your children, but what we will be has not yet been fully revealed. Guide us by this word you have given and by the spirit you have poured out on your church to become what you would have us to be, created in you for good works, servants of all in the name of the risen Jesus and witnesses to the goodness of your love shared and spread in this world. All these things and all the things of our hearts, we lift before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Take a moment and look at your hands. What do you see when you look at them? I'd wager you see your own life stories, all told there in every line, every scar, every scrape, every joint. I'm always fascinated with this detail mentioned in the Gospels of John and Luke, that after Jesus' resurrection, his hands still bear the marks made by the nails. It's a rather traumatic scene. A man believed to be dead shows up out of nowhere, offers a word of peace, and extends his hands, telling the story of his betrayal, his trial, his crucifixion, and his death. All pointing to the holes still left there in his palms. 
It's a living autopsy meant to prove that Jesus really is alive to his disciples who are questioning the validity of Jesus's resurrection appearances to the women at the tomb, to Peter, and to two other disciples who met him on their way to the village of Emmaus. Now, as Jesus stands among them and shows them his hands, their debate can come to an end. You don't conduct an autopsy on a living person. And yet, as he appears before his disciples, Jesus displays for them the post-mortem tell-alls, which detailed the extent of his injuries and the cause of his death. Jesus still bears the marks of his suffering. We trust and we believe that a resurrected body is not just a corpse brought back to life, but it is a person raised up to newness of life by the love of God. Jesus' flesh isn't the same as it was before, yet he still carries with him the marks of shame and sin which took his life. A tradition in the church says that the reason no one recognized Jesus after he was raised right away is that his entire body still bears the disfigurement brought on in the torture and his execution. Yet one who has died now lives. It's the mystery of resurrection made known to us in Jesus, promised to us in our shared baptism. And it's a mystery we have pondered over since Jesus first appeared to the disciples. With his hands and his sudden appearance, the disciples are afraid, thinking that he's a ghost. You and I would be afraid, too, if we saw someone alive whom we had just watched die from afar. The disciples are frightened, not just because they think that Jesus is a, a ghost. They remember how they have let Jesus down. How one of them had betrayed him. How one of them had denied Jesus outright. How all of them had fled in the garden and abandoned Jesus in his hour of need. If you and I saw people that we've hurt and harmed come into our midst after all of that and present themselves to us, we'd be afraid, too, that vengeance would come upon us. The works of our own hands would come back to haunt us indeed. But Jesus comes and offers them a word of peace and uses his hands not to inflict wrath and vengeance, but to spread comfort and assurance. The one who comes offering peace proves himself with the marks of crucifixion, and this peace is the hallmark of Jesus' resurrection teachings. In raising Jesus from the dead, God says to the whole world, now you can be at peace and you can be whole because even death and the grave have lost their power over you. Here, see for yourself. Jesus shows us his own hands and the work that they have accomplished for all of creation. 
that God's work brings life out of death. That God's work offers peace in spite of fear. That God's work says you have value. You matter. And you are not alone. God's work says, I give my life for you. Here, see my hands. This is the proof. What stands plain in the life of the risen Jesus is that in God's eye, no one deserves the death sentence. Not Jesus, not his betrayers, no one. Because God provides the alternative. Those condemned to the death by the bloodthirsty demands of this world will be vindicated and raised from death by the power of God's merciful, loving favor. Which leads me to ask a question of myself and really of all of us. When the last day comes and we are all raised up to stand at the throne of the crucified ones, to see the marks in his hands. Will people like Dante Wright and Brianna Taylor and George Floyd and countless others present their wounds to us and remind us once again how the powers of this world have claimed life which does not belong to them and how we have stood afar and witnessed it all? Will we see the bullet holes, the bruises, and the broken bones of those who have been condemned to death and realize then that we who have watched from afar have betrayed, denied, and abandoned our sisters and brothers and by extension, Jesus himself. And on that last day, when God reconciles all things in Christ Jesus, will they extend their hands to us and say to our grieving, guilty hearts, the peace of the risen Christ be with you. Jesus and the promise of his resurrection comes in our midst to comfort those plagued with fear, weighed down in sin and its consequences, and bring relief and joy to the weary heart. In Jesus, our sins are forgiven. In Jesus' resurrection, repentance is being worked in our lives here and now. In the risen Jesus, we come to see that the broken bodies of this world need to be fed and nourished with whatever fish we have available to offer. We cannot remain silent because we are witnesses to these things. The dead have been raised. The slain have been vindicated and God's life-giving peace is given to and for you. So that the time of speculation and wonder must come to an end. And your time of testimony must begin. Jesus' own wounded body bore witness to the power of God's love in this world. That God the Father raised Jesus the Son from death shows us that no matter how frail, no matter how broken, no matter how marked and wounded we are by the sins of this world which inflict their scars upon us, 
God's peace sees us as someone beautiful to be redeemed, not a vessel to be cast away after its first use. God's work calls us to share our hands, our gifts, our resources, our time, our wounds themselves to make sure that no person has to suffer anymore. You, church, are now witnesses of these things and have seen them as God stands right in front of our face. We no longer have to wait for the risen Jesus to return. He has come to us already, inviting us to see and to touch and to know that God is with us now. In the resurrection light of Jesus, we can no longer ignore nor deny the life-giving, life-altering work of God to forgive us of our brokenness and heal us from our sinfulness. No more can we sit idly by talking about their validity or their likelihood. Christ is risen. Our fears have been relieved. The time has come to share the good news of the Spirit's work of repentance and forgiveness. Come to us in Jesus for all the nations. Not only do we witness the resurrected Jesus through works of love and compassion, but we witness, we we testify to the power that God has shown us in raising Jesus to the dead with the lips that God has blessed us with to share this good news. Our wounds, our doubts, our fears, our scars, they all testify to the truth. Jesus Christ died and was raised for us that we may know the depths of God's love for us and share it with others. Of this, we are all witnesses. And so again, I ask, what do you see when you look at your own hands? Do we see the hands of Jesus himself pierced with nails and open to meet our neighbors with a sign of peace? Do we see our own work and the marks that the world leaves on our hands as the wounds of Jesus himself, telling the world that God's love is stronger than even death? We are instruments of God's peace in this world, and by the Holy Spirit, we are called to walk into this world extending our hands and feet as a sign of the crucified one's love for us. Our lives will serve as a witness to what God has brought us through. And our wounds will serve as a sign of God's own peace poured out into the world. May the peace of the risen Christ be with you always. Amen.